Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfolt, and you are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of Gondrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Brian Applegarth. He's the CEO and founder of Emerald Country Tours, founder of the Cannabis Trail, and founder of the California Cannabis Tourism Association. Guy's got a lot going on, especially as uh, California's rolling out uh, recreational. Uh, so how you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great, TG. I appreciate you having me on, man. Hey, man, this, this should be this should be a good conversation. Uh, I've never talked to anybody, you know, working actively in, in the tourism aspect of this industry. Uh, but before we get into that, tell me about you, man. How'd you end up in the cannabis space? Um, well, I was born and raised in Northern California. So cannabis has um, always existed here as part of our culture. Um you know, in high school, it was buying, you know, bags of pot and, um, you know, using it recreationally. And then uh, I was I went away to college in Southern California and spent a lot of time abroad. And when I came back to California, I came home, um, the cannabis industry had come a long way. And I just my interest got peaked and um, and I started studying more about the plant. And I have uh, I had my kind of my travel background. That was a big part of of my life. And it seemed like there was a natural alignment there. So do, do you have any, did you have any experience before in tourism, before embarking on, on this journey? Yeah. So most of my, most of my tourism ex, uh, experience was really as the tourist and as the traveler. Um, you know, I'm currently 37 years old and I've, and I've traveled rather extensively, um, lived abroad in, in a few different countries uh, for a longer extended period of time. And really found that magic of discovering cultures and feeling transported as um, as an important part of my life. And it's something that's always resonated for me. And, uh, you know, it went from visiting kind of more of the flagship places like the Eiffel Tower and the Great Wall of China to discovering these nuanced kind of hidden cultures where there were there was extreme authenticity. So instead of going to a produced luau, you know, in Hawaii, for example, you were going to you know, a small, uh, more tribal culture up in the mountains. And I found that the more that I traveled, the more I was drawn to that kind of authentic cultural experience. And it became addictive to a certain degree. I mean, I don't know what kind of neurons fire off when your when your mind and your body and your experience is kind of tapping into that, that magic of discovering something new, but it's something that really was fulfilling for me. Um, so that travel, as far as the travel experience, you know, running a backend booking software and taking reservations and the admin part. Um, I never did that per se, uh, but I was always really strong at management and being organized. And uh, I was always kind of drawn to that travel culture, the, the, the expat culture abroad. And um, I think I've racked up about 48 countries to date in my passport. And I live full time in uh, Japan, Italy and Spain. Um so it's part of who I am. And then when I moved back to the States after being gone for quite a while, um, it's, it's, it, there was a few years that, it, you know, there was a transition for me to kind of readjust back to the United States and, and, and the culture that we have here. And then of course, when I landed back in California, I was very happy to be home. Um, and incredibly fascinated when I just started discovering the extremely unique culture and uh, and kind of the layered landscape of cannabis in Northern California, even beyond what I grew up with here. 
So when you you get the spark to come up with the idea for cannabis tours? You know, I was working in a, in a, in a corporate setting in the East Bay, um, out in San Ramon, um, just wasn't inspired with that kind of corporate machine. It was one of the larger, uh, companies. Um, and I took a trip up to Mendocino, uh, just because I felt compelled to, and I was, I was at this time, I was already attending Oaksterdam university and I was educating myself around how far cannabis had come since I left and graduated college in 19 or in 2001. Um, and this was back in 2013, 2012, when I arrived back in California and that trip up to Mendocino was life-changing. I, I went up there and what I found was, um, a mindset and a culture, um, that lived closer to the earth that was filled with creative people um, where cannabis was a centerpiece and, you know, cannabis has been a centerpiece of our culture in Northern California for a long time, but even more so up in Mendocino and in Humboldt and in West Sonoma County, um, and in Trinity County, of course, it's embedded, you know, it's like coffee in Columbia or pineapples in Hawaii or, um, you know, these flagship agricultural, um, elements that end up defining a culture in some way because they're so ingrained. And that's what I found cannabis's role was. And I became fascinated. It was a whole underbelly of a culture that, um, was one fascinating, but two, um, there were a lot of people involved in that, that were very aligned with ways that I thought and felt. And I felt very inspired by that. So I continued to be pulled back and when I was looking at options of career paths and where to go, um, you know, most of my experience uh, has been either in traveling or real estate or in music. And when I was looking across the board at those three skill sets, um, you know, I felt like travel and being able to create these experiences that empower people and give them special moments where they're happy and laughing and celebrating um, or learning. Um, would deliver me the highest quality of life is to be surrounded in that kind of environment. So that's really, that was where the, the kind of the, the tipping point came. And what can people expect when they go on one of your tours, you know, sort of, sort of take me step by step as, as to that experience, the best you can, you know, in, in this sort of medium. Absolutely. So, um, uh, we're, we're currently reskinning the website and we're going to have, there's basically three different offerings on, on through, through Emerald country tours, which we might be doing a rebrand with that as well, but there's going to be three offerings. Um, the first one is a half day or a full day trip. And those are private tours of, you know, 10 people or less, uh, Mercedes sprinters, you get picked up around nine 30 or 10 AM in the morning, depending on your location. If you're in San Francisco, we pick you up a bit earlier. Um, and those experiences, once you get picked up, you're basically off on an adventure for either five hours or eight hours. And that's a half day or a full day. Um, and what that includes is typically a dispensary stop where you have a VIP dispensary tour. Um, a few of our partners open their doors up early where you have basically a private consultant and you're in a space that's not yet open up to the public for the day. And there's essentially a presentation about the dispensary and why they do what they do and the health and wellness of cannabis. And, you know, on the way to this dispensary, which is typically the first stop, 
um, in the vehicle, we do a little bit of information share about the history and heritage of cannabis, um, cannabis as medicine, uh, going back, gosh, I mean, cannabis has been around up to 34 million years back, arguably. Um, so we do the, we do the, like the long-term history of cannabis. We talk about our local heritage in Northern California. Um, and we do a little bit of the health and wellness side with the cannabinoids, the endocannabinoid system and terpene charts and, we do a little bit of education early in the morning on the history and the health and wellness side um, and how it's ingrained in our culture. And then we get to our VIP dispensary tour. We get off, you do a tour, you're able to purchase medicine there on site. Um, and then typically the day uh, continues. If it's a full day, we're going to have one more dispensary stop. Um, you're going to have a wine tasting, a locally sourced kind of catered lunch on the Russian River. Um, and mind you that all of this tour happens in one of the most beautiful places in the country. Um, so in the redwood trees, the rivers, um, and depending on the time of year we, uh, and which jurisdiction we're in, um, we like to visit a grow, a cannabis grow or garden where you can meet a master grower who's been growing cannabis for sometimes 50 years or more, depending on who's available that day. Um, and they can tell you their story of why they grew cannabis and what that meant to them and what it was like living under prohibition. And you can see these plants in the ground, you know, growing naturally under the sun. A big part of the cannabis cultivation in our region is sun grown um, with very thoughtful ways of growing, you know, living soil and having biodynamic um, mindset when you're approaching it, living close to the earth and being mindful of how you grow. Um, and those are all those messages that are really fun and very distinctive about our culture up here in Northern California. And those are parts that we like to share. You know, usually the tour also includes um, some kind of special add on, whether it's a cannabis tasting um, or whether it's some other offering um, that we that we include. Sometimes we do a redwood walk in the old growth redwood trees. Um, but the standard half day and full day tour include dispensary visit, a grow visit a locally sourced um, catered lunch on the river and a wine tasting. And this all require you're, you're required to have a medical card to take the tour presently, right? Um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting time. I mean, we're, it's no December 28th right now. You know, we, we have dispensaries that are partners with ours that are open for adult recreational sales come January 1st. So the answer is no. Uh, we, we can, we can offer a half day tour, um, that allows for just adult use for people that are interested to come on a tour. And if they want to purchase medicine and medicate, great. You know, we've had people reach out to us as well that are just interested in the educational end. They're not necessarily looking to medicate on the tour, but they want to come get educated and they want to do a tour of a dispensary and they want to understand the methods of ingestion and what that looks like. Um, so we try to keep, um, we have our half day and full day tour offerings. And then we also offer a customized tour, uh, where we can really craft a unique tour for you. Um, you know, for example, if you need to come and you're looking for medical solutions to strictly address a, a specific ailment, um, but really our half day and full day tour is where we live. Um, and, to answer your question, no. Starting the first of the year, you do not need a medical cannabis card. We 
are legally set up to where you can experience the cannabis tour um, as an adult recreational user. I mean, and that's that's got to be this is a really exciting time for California because you not only have, you know, as you said, the redwood trees and, and, and the you know, the, the, the nature, but, but now you're also going to be able to experience this industry that is ingrained on this culture. That's it. I'll tell you what, I, you know, in part of my research, I've been developing this tour model for the past three years and it's really exciting because you, I feel like in a way you kind of get to innovate exactly. And, and there's a responsibility there to, to do, to, to, to keep the authenticity of the culture. Um, I think that's one of the most important, you know, standout um, kind of missions that has emerged is, you know, our culture in Northern California is not like Denver and it's not like Seattle. Um, You know, we were the first state to re-legalize cannabis in 1996. And there's a story behind that and why that happened. And you know, we have these pioneers that have been lit. I mean, we had the first doctor in San Francisco publish the medical marijuana papers in 1962. Um, and we had our first pro cannabis law passed in 1974. And then we had another one in 1978. And then we had another significant law passed in 1991 prop P and there is, I mean, San Francisco is, is, and Northern California is a, is a unique place. It's a very unique place because you have activists and you have people that are constantly pushing toward the future and pushing the envelope with social acceptance and fighting for marginalized groups. And the perfect storm happened in San Francisco and in Northern California that allowed cannabis to be re-legalized as medicine in 1996. So it's completely embedded in our culture. And, you know, the tours that I've done in Seattle and Denver, Denver are incredible. And just like tourism exists now, you're going to have, you know, the two buck Chuck wine and you're going to have the screaming eagle and the and the silver oak. Um, you're going to have different connoisseurs and different different demographics, uh, you know, wanting to tap into the tourism realm at different levels as well. What what we've identified in Northern California is this is the source. This is the place that the DEA called ground zero for marijuana. And there's a reason for that. It's because most of the production has happened here, but also most of the activism has happened here. And it's completely embedded in our culture. So being able to offer that authenticity of the source and talk about our heritage and um, all those important lessons um, of compassion. And, you know, we even talk about the AIDS epidemic, which was a major reason that cannabis was re-legalized in California in 96. Um, you know, that it was on the back of that public health crisis that cannabis emerged as, um, the go-to medicine for managing pain and depression and stimulating appetite. Um, you know, obviously we have to walk that important line of the, of the enjoyment and the, and the adventure and the fun of cannabis tourism, but folding in the history and the education of health and wellness and the heritage are, are all, it's all wrapped up in our culture here. So it's, it's really fun to kind of puzzle that together to make the tourism as unique as it should be um, for Northern California. 
I want to talk to you a lot more about the education aspect of the tours. But before we do that, we got to take a break. This is the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfall. If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gontrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gontrepreneur job board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gontrepreneur.com to create your profile today. If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gontrepreneur Business Directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at gontrepreneur.com to activate your unique coupon. Hey, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TG Brandfall, here with Brian Applegarth. He's the CEO and founder of Emerald Country Tours, founder of the Cannabis Trail, and founder of the California Cannabis Tourism Association. So before the break, you were talking about you know rolling in the, the culture and the education um, of cannabis into these tours. Uh, on one of your websites, you talk about the three pillars of early cannabis tourism as we transition from prohibition. So explain to me that that sort of theory, I guess, of the three pillars of early cannabis tourism. You know, what's that mean? You know, for me, the one – well, okay, so the three pillars. The first pillar, which I think speaks to any tour, um, is the education. I mean, it's obvious that mainstream America, there's a lot of curiosity and there's an information gap that needs to be filled um, for people to be able to understand this plan and be able to implement it into their lives to improve their quality of life. So I think there's a responsibility with tourism where there is an educational component. And, you know, it's, it's things like, so let me speak to that for one moment. You know, if you look at coffee or tea, there's a caffeine scale. They have non-caffeinated coffee. They have highly caffeinated coffee. And then they have three different levels in between those two um, ends of the spectrum. You know, THC is the same. There's cannabis strains that are non-caffeinated or non-THC strains that offer all the anti-inflammatory benefits of CBD. And you could take them with a transdermal patch that you put on your arm. This kind of education is not known. And this is this is what needs to be delivered to the mainstream so they understand their options and you can allow them and empower them with education and information to make decisions if to try cannabis, how to try cannabis, and how to dose cannabis. And I think you need to walk that line of that typical kind of realm that we live in with tourism where it's supposed to be fun and adventurous and let's go wine tasting and get a buzz. Um, but I think in these early stages of cannabis tourism, that, that educational component is very important. I think that I try to have at least two to three sound bites or aha moments, as I like to call them, where people can come away and go, wow, I did not know that. And, you know, part of our tour, we have infographics and, and information that we share while in transit to each of the stops. Um, that are that are some that's some of this information that's based around the educational uh, health and wellness education. 
Um, the other two pillars, which are extremely unique to Northern California that I feel are they need to that, that the tourism industry needs to rest on, especially in California and even especially Northern California, is the culture and the heritage. Um, you know, the history, uh, we have a pioneer chart that I've developed um, with my friend Pebbles Trippett. And um, it essentially is a cascading um, family tree of the top 25 pioneers in the cannabis, in the Northern California cannabis tourism um, history book, so to speak. And those are people like Dr. Todd Micaria, Brownie Mary, Jack Herrera, Dennis Perone, Eddie Lepp, Pebbles Trippett, um, Ed Rosenthal, and a handful of others. Um, Rick Simpson, one of them, the Rick Simpson oil. Um, these pioneers all played a crucial role in the re-legalization of cannabis. And that heritage is important because it is somewhat of a roadmap to what it takes to change the world in a way. And there's a lot of inspiration that could be taken from that. And I think it's important to continually celebrate that heritage because that heritage speaks directly to the third pillar, which is the culture. And the culture of cannabis is an extremely inclusive, non-judgmental, come-as-you-are, bohemian mindset that stems back from the hippie movement. It's the hippies that became the back-to-the-landers that developed the Emerald Triangle and in tandem with the activism in San Francisco, there's this extremely compelling history um, that exists that's all focused around cannabis. But more importantly, there's a lot of messages that kind of rotate around that core of cannabis that talks about human compassion and talks about overreach of power and talks about how do you farm? Are you using pesticides and chemicals? Are you growing naturally Um uh, you know, using the living soil and the terroir um, that is at your fingertips in your region, in your Appalachian. So it's finding the balance of the of the unplugging and the adventure and the fun where you can also empower people with information and let them come away, let them feel transported during the experience. And then as they come out the other side, let them feel maybe changed a little bit or thinking a little bit differently or more open to trying the medicine because now they know there's a non-caffeinated transdermal patch they can put on their arm that won't get them quote unquote high. Um, so it's, it's, it's fun because I think it's going to continually change and we're going to go through different phases of tourism, but in this early transition period, which you asked me about that educational component, is something that I feel that all tour companies should have integrated in some form or fashion, because I think there's a responsibility there to, to really empower people with knowledge. Can, can you give me an example of one of those aha moments that you use on the tour? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I mean, that caffeinated scale works pretty well um, because, you know, coffee and caffeine is the most, is the most used drug in the world. Um, um, other aha moments are methods of ingestion. When I start describing to people that there's, like I said before, transdermal patches, or there's um, even there's there's like coconut fiber cannabis dips, where like you put it you put it in your lower lip, and it's a fully organic delivery system that goes into your mucous membrane membrane and delivers cannabis that way. Um, there's pills. There's obviously vaporizing and smoking, but 
is letting people know about tinctures and edibles and microdosing and drinkables and all the methods of ingestion where you can choose. You can choose how you want to integrate cannabis into your life, if at all. But I think that everybody at this point needs to be empowered with the information to make the decision for themselves. You know, even the concept of self-titrating, you know, we come from a pharmaceutical industry where you're given a program of how many milligrams from a doctor, you know, ingesting cannabis right now, this, this whole concept of self-titration and taking the amount of milligram doses um, or the amount of flour or whatever your method of ingestion is and being responsible for, for knowing how you're feeling and if it's therapeutically beneficial for what you're trying to achieve, whether it's pain relief or whether it's um, alleviating depression or anxiety. Um, but being able to self-titrate with the right types of medicine and the right delivery method, um, those are all aha moments because you know people start understanding that. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man, when you look at the tours and the people that I saw on the tours in Denver and Seattle, these people are so new to cannabis. They have no idea that there's cannabis strains out there that have minimal traces of THC that are non-psychotropic. I mean, we're talking basic education 101. And that's why that, that education component is so, so important. And that's why that caffeine scale is a very compelling infographic for a lot of people where it produces this aha moment because that basic information, mainstream America and even cannabis consumers that are still like kind of not kind of the stoner mentality from like, you know, high school days and college days, they, they look at pot in a dime bag or you know, in a, in a half eighth or an eighth baggie that gets them high and understanding these different cannabis ratios and cannabinoids and how they work therapeutically um, is the next step to really being able to understanding the plant well enough to improve your quality of life, whether that's daily microdosing or whether that's weekly or whether that's a celebratory cigar at, at significant life moments where you want to laugh and unwind. Um, like the birth of a new baby or a wedding or, you know, there's, there's all different ways that you can decide how cannabis should integrate into your life and producing those aha moments allow people to have the information to kind of self-reflect and decide what's best for them. So we talked about the pillars in sort of the transition period. How do you see those pillars evolving as the rec market matures? I think that's very specific to the location that you're asking about. So I think that cannabis tourism in, in Minneapolis will be very different from Denver, which will be very different from Northern California. Um, as far as the pillars in Northern California, you know, I feel like we are going to attract cannabis enthusiasts and cannabis connoisseurs. Um, you know, there's people that have been cultivating this plant and breeding this plant for generations and the Emerald Triangle in Northern California is known as having and offering some of the best cannabis in the world and having the most accomplished cultivators in the world. And I feel like we are going to, we are going to attract cannabis enthusiasts and people that are interested in the in the bohemian culture of our region that's intertwined with cannabis and i think we are going to attract the cannabis connoisseur that wants to go behind the gates and meet the grower and see where the plant 
lives and has grown and and understand how the plant has grown. You know, there's a lot of people that live very close to the earth up in Northern California. We have solstice celebrations. We celebrate the equinox. We celebrate the agricultural cycles because we live close to the earth. And this is something that's very defining of our region is this outdoor sun grown, um, uh, organically grown um, kind of, it's a very purist approach to how to grow cannabis and have it express itself in its most natural, purest form. And I think that's going to attract kind of the cannabis connoisseur, um, demographic as well. Um, as far as the pillars, I think education needs to remain a part of it. Um, I'd say forever for right now. I think that there's constantly education, right? I mean, look at, look at wine and look at the barrels and look at the different verbiage and messaging and and look at that roadmap because essentially cannabis is the new wine i mean it's we we are wine back in 1933 when it came out of prohibition cannabis is coming out of prohibition in four days from now and we have the responsibility to reframe the conversation because the fact that it's going adult use now it's removing a major barrier for mainstream america for all those people that have been living under the kind of the the spell of reefer madness they are now getting curious enough and this last you know barrier removal the only one we have left is the is the federal government acknowledging it but california is a very powerful force and it's going adult wreck in four days and that means that in a lot of places in our state it's going to be available like a liquor shop you can go in and buy cannabis and that's gonna that's gonna remove a barrier where, where people are interested um, so I, I mean, I'm getting a little off topic, but I think the pillars as it emerges, I think it's going to be steeped in education. And I hope that nationwide, the heritage is adopted because there's a lot of messages in there. I don't think it needs to do as deep of a dive as we do on our tours in Northern California, because you're here at the source. But I do feel like the heritage and understanding the activism and the compassion and the medical use and why that happened and the people that sacrificed their lives. I mean, Dennis Perone was arrested, I think 27 times and he was shot by the, by law enforcement at one point. I mean, you're talking about somebody who, 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 you know, this industry stands on his shoulders and, and a lot of other activists. Um, and I think understanding those things are really important for creating a better society and understanding how, how to treat each other better as human beings. Well, I, I got I, I, we got to talk about, you know, sort of your other projects, the, the Tourism Association, the Cannabis Trail. Um, you know, there, there's a whole lot to, to get through. Uh, you, you, such a wealth of knowledge, man. Uh, before we get into all that, though, we got to take a break. This is Entrepreneur.com podcast and T.G. Brandfall. At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. 
We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to Gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Hey, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TJ Brandfall, here with Brian Applegarth, CEO and founder of Emerald Country Tours, founder of the Cannabis Trail, and founder of the California Cannabis Tourism Association, which I want to talk to you about right now. Uh, tell me about the goals of the California Cannabis Tourism Association. Right. So the California Cannabis Tourism Association, or the CCTA, is um, is a state level organization association that I established in November, um, just about a month and a half ago. And there's three pillars, once again, to this association, and that's advocacy, education, and networking. Um, networking, I also refer to as bridge building. Um, so the first pillar, advocacy, is essentially advocating at the state level um, on behalf of the cannabis tourism industry. So you know, for example, the state of California recently announced that for a public ticketed event, um, the only acceptable land that is available to have these kind of events where you sell tickets publicly to festivals and like high times cups and those things are basically state um, state owned agricultural land. So it's county fairs and things like that. It's incredibly narrow as far as the availability for a public facing event um, and understandable to a degree. They're bottlenecking the industry so they can roll it out slowly and make sure there's integrity and it's done the right way and, and make sure that all their governmental organizations are involved. Um, but we will be advocating, for example, in year one, we're going to be that pillar of advocacy is going to be having conversations about what does it look like? And how can we open that up a little bit more and make it a little bit more of a wider net than only state-owned agricultural land? Um, you know, if you look at uh, if you look at um, you know beer and wine, for example, it's just going to take time, um, and it, but it needs to also take advocating. So that's one big part of the of the association, the California Cannabis Tourism Association. The second pillar again is education. This is about educating the mainstream um, 
the mainstream demographic, the new arrivers to cannabis. Um, it's also educating other industries. There's a lot of other industries that are very interested in cannabis that do not understand cannabis. And from a tourism lens, we are going to be reaching out, which directly kind of takes us into the third pillar, which is networking. So that's networking within the cannabis industry, but also it's bridge building. Like I said, we're, we're going to be having a space and creating a space and a conversation with hoteliers and, and different restaurants and fine dining and other tour companies and um, all of the different things that all of the different industries that overlap in tourism. Um, we are going to be bridge building and doing presentations and, and showing people that cannabis um, can integrate into the tourism realm in a, in, with massive integrity and as, an, as, as a force that will be supportive of bringing more jobs and more tax dollars and more employ, more ability to employ more people. And it will, it will support communities and bring economy um, and it will support other industries. So um, those are the three different areas of, of, of three different pillars of the California Cannabis Tourism Association. And we're, we just established our founding board and we're very excited. We have our first meeting at the end of January, 2018. And we're planning on having our first California cannabis tourism event in Sonoma County in November, 2018. So how can you use those three pillars of the association? And this may even apply to sort of the, the three pillars of, of tourism itself. Uh, how can you leverage these things to help marginalized group within the burgeoning cannabis space? Yeah. So as far as the tourism association, you know, a lot of it is, I mean, let's look at the first, let's look at marginalized groups, right? Cannabis has a long running history of, well, one is cannabis users themselves or cannabis enthusiasts themselves have been a marginalized group. There's, you have reefer madness and you have this narrative that was pushed out that demonized people that use cannabis, right? Um, or, or hemp. I mean, there's a whole nother story there that would take another two hours to talk about or more, but you know, cannabis itself as a group has been marginalized. If you look back at cannabis use, whether it's the African-American community or whether it's the LGBTQ community or whether it's the Hispanic community, um, cannabis has always been a tool to kind of alleviate the, the heaviness of living as a member of a marginalized group in society. It's been a medicine in that way. Um, as far as the association, you know, it helps marginalized groups because I think it allows organization and it gives people a voice. So for example, the networking, we're going to have a few different levels under that. You're going to have sponsorships and you're going to have memberships. And with the association, it's going to offer the opportunity to get involved in this specific niche of the cannabis industry, the tourism niche, and maybe create a career path for yourself. I mean, you were looking at an industry that is going to be a defining industry of our of our generation of our of, of our experience here and there's immense opportunity right now for people that are passionate about cannabis if you go a little bit deeper down that rabbit hole and start learning more about the plant and the opportunity whether it's creating a product or being a creative agency that makes logos and branding like the hybrid creative out of santa rosa or whether it's a compliancy or whether it's, you know, a distributor distribution network, maybe you're passionate about education and helping people improve their quality of life. Maybe you're passionate about tourism. Cannabis right now is in its infancy. 
And there's a lot of opportunity for people that maybe aren't inspired by what they're currently doing for their career to look at another industry that has a very eclectic mix of people that are very inclusive and get in on the ground floor and create and manifest whatever they want to manifest in that space. So I'm hoping that the California Cannabis Tourism Association becomes a megaphone and becomes a safe space for people to really integrate with cannabis. Um, and it allows bridges to be built for people to leverage um, to improve either their, their business, their quality of life. Maybe it's a different career path. Um, but yeah, I think as far as the medicinal role you have, or the cannabis, the, the marginalized group role, you have the fact that cannabis was used as medicine for marginalized groups in history, you know, the education of this being a new industry bursting with innovation and opportunity. And also the fact that, you know, cannabis promote, promotes compassion and kind of self-reflection. It's one of those unique tools that allows you to see things through a different lens at times or allows you to be a little bit more compassionate to your fellow fellow human being. And I think those are three or four different ways that cannabis can kind of support marginalized groups and um, in, in, in its existence now in our society. So a lot of your message, you know, a lot of this conversation, you've talked about compassion and, and focusing on, on humans. Um, and to this end, you've produced some short videos associated with the cannabis trail. Um, really interesting stuff. I mean, you, you definitely focus, you know, you focus on humans, you tell other people's stories. Uh, can you tell me first about the cannabis trail and how you came to producing these short videos and how they jive with one another? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Cannabis Trail is a nonprofit organization that's mission is to preserve and celebrate the cannabis heritage of Northern California. And there's three things that we focus on. There's the pioneers, the significant events, and the storytelling lore of our region. You know, an example of a pioneer would be somebody like Brownie Mary or Dennis Perone or Jack Herrera and talking about what they did in the movement. A significant event would be, you know, a, a very important raid that happened that that kind of moved the needle forward um, as far as the movement to legalization. And the storytelling would be something like the hippie trail that was part of our Northern California region where people would travel over to Nepal or Afghanistan and collect these cannabis seed varietals and bring them back to Northern California. That's why Northern California is the most famous breeding region for cannabis is because we had these trails where people would go collect seeds from around the world and bring them back here. And then they would crossbreed them and they come up with new varietals and play with that. Um, so that's what the cannabis trail is. And the cannabis trail came to be because of the passion that kind of emerged for myself with the heritage of, of, of the cannabis story. Um, there was a woman, I mentioned her earlier named Pebbles Trippett, who I ended up meeting up in Mendocino County, who is a dear friend to this day. And she told me in one of our conversations, if you really want to find out about the history of cannabis and how it got legalized, you need to meet, you need to meet Dennis Perone and gave me his phone number. So I called Dennis and then I went down and I've had an ongoing friendship with Dennis now for, you know, over two years, two or three years. And the more that I heard about these people's stories and what they have been through and their inspiration and their passion 
um, I just became very kind of enthralled and, and inspired by it. So what that led to was me starting to collect archives of photos. And um, I ended up doing a series of interviews uh, with Dennis and about 11 other people um, kind of capturing their story of what they did in the cannabis movement. And those have turned into this short film series called The Cannabis Trail, which is essentially, it speaks right to the nonprofit. It's all about the histories and the stories about people who were living under prohibition and fighting for this plant to be relegalized. And what I'd like to do with those videos is continue building upon this collection of storytelling um, that that kind of fills in all that history that has happened in the past, you know, what was it, 50, 80 years, depending on how, how far back we can go. But, you know, there's a there's a guy that lives in right down the street from me in the West Sonoma County that used to hang out with Allen Ginsberg and and Timothy O'Leary and the Beatniks up in San Francisco and has been growing pot for over 50 years. So it's exciting to get these stories captured because they tell they tell our story of our culture in Northern California. And it's all part of the puzzle. So where can people find those stories? Where can people find all of the different projects you're working on? You know, find out more about the tours. Yeah. So the, one of the best places is to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Brian Applegarth. That's Brian with an I, um, A-P-P-L-E-G-A-R-T-H. Um, my website currently is emeraldcountrytours.com. Um, and that, you can find information there about the, the tourism, um, that the tours that I'm offering and the experiences and events. Um, if you go to the cannabis trail.org, uh, you can learn more about that nonprofit cannabis heritage, self-guided trail that I'm working on. And we're going to have a website up soon for the CCTA, the California cannabis tourism association. Or you can feel feel free to email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at emeraldcountrytours.com. Um, or hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm more than happy to connect with people and continue the conversation. Well, this has been a really, uh, really great conversation, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, I... I as I'm sitting here in, in negative four degree weather and, and you're talking about Northern California and, and grows and uh, you know, the giant redwoods, I'm definitely a little bit jealous. <laughs> um, you know, so, so, so thanks for uh, you, you, giving me that vision on a, on a, on a cold Vermont day. I really appreciate your time, man. This has been great. Thank you for having me and TG you're invited. So next time you're out here, let's uh, let's get you on and take you out on a day of cannabis country. Yeah, you, you're, you're going to get an email in like four months. <laughs> nice, man. I look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks again. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfault. Yeah.